Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. gentlemen welcome to another episode of the 8-bit suplex here on the social suplex podcast network i am your host josh mclaughlin sitting in the booth today with the man the myth the legend mr jeremy donovan one of the co-hosts of keeping it strong style of course you know it as the ace of podcast here on the social suplex podcast network jeremy how are you doing this fine uh, late afternoon early evening I'm doing good, man. Ready for a, a nice uh, three-day long weekend. Happy to be back here on the 8-Bit Suplex. Talk about what's going on in the world of Impact Wrestling. Absolutely. And I do want to just say off the top, it is a long weekend uh, for Memorial Day. Uh, thank you the, to uh, those that have served. Um, really appreciate you guys all for your service. Uh, and for those that we've lost, uh, thank you. Um, and to those families as well, uh, hard weekend for them. So while you're celebrating, I uh, do remember to bear a thought for the families of those that uh, have loved ones that have, uh, you know, fallen in service. So thank you to those guys. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, before we get started here, Jeremy, I, you know, want to touch base. I haven't talked video games with you in a while. want to see if uh, you're playing anything new, anything uh, consoles, PC, iOS, anything you got going on there? Yeah, so the two main things that I've been on, one for on, on the mobile front, I've been every day I'm on the NJPW collection uh, card app game. Man, you're still playing that. I'm still playing it. I'm the last holdout <laughs> in the group. I'm still going. I'm still collecting my cards. I, I just got addicted to that thing, man. And like, they got me hooked. They keep adding new cards. And I'm like, dang, I want that card. And so I just keep playing, keep going, keep trying to trade with people and you know, I think I do fair trades sometimes with my allies and it's sometimes they decline. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, you don't have this card. I don't have that card that I want. Like, let's right. just fair trade. And so yeah, yeah, that library. Yeah, man, it's, it's the hustle sometimes to, you know, get those, those four star cards, the ones I want. But yeah, man, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still on that every day. I get the check in, look at the gems, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, then from a console uh, point, pretty much the only game that I'm playing really lately on Xbox One, I got the remaster Tony Hawk. Uh, oh, great game. One and two. Yeah, I got that back when it first uh, relaunched, and I've I've I don't know why I've been hesitant to do it, but like I because I have the PS5 now, and it's like ten bucks to upgrade it to the PS5 version, and I haven't done it yet. I've bought like four games since because that are like all oh, like 60 or 70 dollar games <laughs> but i'm thinking in my head it's too much to pay ten dollars again for tony hawk <laughs> i don't know why i'm thinking that but if you're uh if you're picking up tony hawk who's the who's the first guy that you play as uh i'm a steve campbell guy man you know growing up it's pretty cool seeing you know the, the one black skater <laughs> in the game oh, yeah, so yeah exactly uh, i was kind of gravitate to him you know doing doing the ghetto bird and um the other uh, kickflip thing he does but yeah that's one of the main guys I play with, of course, you, you got to play with Tony at some point oh, to sure, uh, sure. hit some 900s. Uh, Bucky, Bucky Lassick's another another favorite there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I was always a Bob Burnquist guy. Yeah, yeah, Bob I, uh, Burnquist. He yeah. was, yeah, you know, he was always because uh, you didn't really know too much as a kid, like much about Bob Burnquist, other than 
he's from Brazil and he does really cool technical, you know, stuff like grinds and stuff on the vert ramp that you didn't see a lot of guys doing. I thought that was always pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'll pass along a recommendation to you for iOS. Uh, if you have Apple Arcade, check out Clap Hands Golf. That's okay. Hands, H-A-N-Z. I don't think it's Hans. I think it is Hands. Uh, I've heard other people call it Clap Hands Golf. Uh, but basically, if you're familiar with the Hot Shots Golf franchise, that was from back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's that same company, uh, but with a mobile version of that game. Uh, and it's awesome. I okay. I get just sucked into it. And, like you know, it's just it's in there with your Apple Arcade. Uh, subscription um so no uh, in-game purchases or anything like that necessary you just play the game and it is awesome so check out clap hands golf um and i just wrapped up playing resident evil village uh i'll probably have a a, a review out to the, like official review i'm going to start trying to push some of those out uh as i uh finish games that i'm kind of pushing through really awesome game um i i was very impressed with it myself um but i'll have more details uh for that um, but uh, I don't know, Jeremy, you ready to get uh, kicked in here to uh, Impact Wrestling? Well, one last video game thing. So something oh, yeah, for sure. That I, that I play every week is uh, Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo Switch, the, the newest yeah. one. Yeah. Um, when I go over to my parents' house and play with my brother, I play that every week. Uh, Captain Falcon's my main. Oh, okay. still on. Have you, have you always been Captain Falcon or just with this newest iteration? No, so I've kind of bounced between pikachu and captain falcon um just kind of lately i've been like a straight captain falcon but there's been times where like pikachu was my main and you know doing the thunder attacks and all that stuff and, sure uh, yeah big 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 fan of using captain falcon falcon punch the falcon kick oh yeah i i i played a lot of captain falcon on the original n64 one um just because he he was so powerful that falcon punch was so powerful in the first game yeah. if you landed it you were getting a ko but uh, they kind of nerfed that a bit, so he's more of a speed character, which he kind of always should have been, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, if I'm picking up Smash Brothers, I, I know it's cliche. My go-to is Link, uh, and if mm-hmm. I'm not playing Link, I'm probably playing Roy. Um, yeah, Roy is pretty beast, dude. I, I I enjoy playing with Roy quite a bit, especially when you get that counter just right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send him straight to the moon. <laughs> But that's awesome. Yeah, no, I man, I haven't played Smash Brothers in a while. Uh, my son uh, Nolan uh, is is a big in the Smash Brothers guy. So if I could ever get him away from uh, playing like Mario Maker or like Minecraft, uh, mm. I, that's when I get the chance to play uh, that because he has my cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing is there's, they keep just uh, pumping out new characters. Like I think there's yeah. like, still, like two or three more new characters that are going to be debuting soon. So keeps it fresh. It's uh, always fun to play. Yeah, no, it absolutely is, and and I I have, I had the first fighter pack, uh, which I had cl- with uh, with the piranha plant. I'm I'm it's racking my brain trying to remember what the other ones were. Uh, but really, you know, it's a it's an excellent game series. Um, there's really they it's been imitated and not very well, uh, and and maybe that's a fun episode to do someday uh, as uh, uh, imitation games, you know. Uh, not necessarily of Smash Brothers, but like games that imitate something else. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Smash Brothers had um, PlayStation did one, and I can't remember the exact name of it. But you had like Kratos, and you had uh, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and I think Parappa the Rapper was in there. <laughs> and you know, it was just like <laughs> and there was something something called like PlayStation Battle All Stars or something like that. 
Um, and then Cartoon Network has one uh, for some reason um, where you have like Johnny Bravo fighting against like, you know, Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all kooky stuff, but um, definitely, you know, hey, if it's if it's not broke, uh, you know, if it's successful. I'm sure they probably sold a few copies of those games just based off of it being, a, you know, a Battle Royal type uh, pre, you know, what Battle Royal means now. But Battle Royal fighting game. Uh, a la smash brothers might as well try it yeah can't, you can't go wrong no no not at all so uh let's uh let's shift gears here and uh, head on over to uh impact wrestling uh not a huge episode only four matches on the card um the first match didn't even come in and, and i was looking at the timestamp. the first match didn't start until 18 minutes into the program uh very dialogue heavy we get a good opening promo from sammy callahan uh, talking to, uh, trying to call out Kenny Omega. Moose comes out. They talk about what happened. Good Brothers come out and they, you know, start talking. And then Don Callis decides uh, for the first time in I don't know, probably a year, he decides to make a match. Uh, he says, "Yeah, I'm an EVP here. I can do what I want. I'll make a match." So he makes a match uh, for the main event between the uh, Good Brothers uh, and uh, the team of Moose and Sammy Callahan. Um, and then, you know, we have some more backstage stuff. And eventually we do get to a pretty solid tag team match here uh, right at the top of the card between Fala Ba and TJP taking on the team of the X Division champion, Josh Alexander, and the Canadian destroyer himself, Petey Williams. Uh, Petey Williams has looked really good to me, Jeremy, since he came back. Um, I don't know if you, you're uh, the resident, uh, you know, kind of impact slash TNA historian here. Uh, Petey Williams is a guy you've watched for a long time. I, I don't know that he's looked better. Yeah, this guy just seems like he's just never missed a beat. Yeah, I was a big teenage fan, especially in the early days, you know, that 04, 06, 07 kind of time frame. And Petey Williams was definitely, you know, one of the, the pillars of the X Division, leader of the, the Team Canada stable back then. He had uh, Scott Demore managing him, uh, teaming with guys like Eric Young, Bobby Roode, um, giant divine and so yeah since since then he's just never lost a beat and of course he eventually did the um he uh, teamed with um sorry about the fear my phone ringing through my <laughs> no worries there. um you uh yeah he teamed up with scott steiner and was doing the little pd pump gimmick and that's kind of been what he's kind of carried on since then and it looks like he's changed it up a little bit now he's got the long red tights but yeah he's always been great obviously the innovator of the, the canadian destroyer uh flip pile driver which is you know not really a finish nowadays uh, he still uses it as a finish but you know everybody kind of uses it you know just randomly in the middle of a match which i'm fine but yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember losing my mind the first time i saw him doing it on impact and was like whoa a flipping pile driver and so yeah he's always been very innovative great shape and yeah he looked really great in this match and this this current run with impact yeah, he looks like, I mean, he's kind of aging in reverse. And, and it, you know, it's I, the way I think of uh, his, you know, his Canadian Destroyer is uh, the same way that you think about the, the Jake Roberts DDT, right? It's He's so good at it, so it's a finisher. But the other guys aren't as good at it because they didn't create it, right? Whereas, like, you know, Jake Roberts could do a single DDT and drop you. Uh, and we see DDTs, you know, a dozen times a match. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you can, you can argue, uh, well, you know, Jake's DDT was flawless. He was the creator. Uh, I think you just say the same thing about uh, Petey Williams and the Canadian destroyer. Uh, but, you know, I, 
he he and uh, Josh Alexander do not pick up the victory though. Uh, after a, a pretty good Samoa drop from Falaba, uh, leading to a, a Mama splash by TJP, um, and he gets the pin over Josh Alexander. And and I I bring that up specifically that sequence because the fallout of this match is that on before the Impact, which is the pre-show for the weekly Impact show on Access TV. They announced that these two men, TJP and Josh Alexander, for the X Division Championship, are going to have a 60-minute Ironman match. So it's going to run the entire length of Before the Impact. Um, these two guys both can really motor, and they can really go. Uh, I, I'm kind of looking forward to. I, I don't normally like Ironman matches. I don't know where you're kind of at with those these days, Jeremy, but. Um, if it's you're going to do an Iron Man match, it might as well be these two guys. Yeah, I think it really just depends on the two guys you put in there and just kind of the rivalry. I think we've seen in the past, especially in WWE, they'll just kind of throw two guys in, in an Iron Man. It might not be the best fit, and then they kind of just abuse, like just doing random, like a bunch of falls in the match, and then kind of have it ending, kind of in a, in a kind of a screwy finish. And so, yeah, just to really think it depends on, on the right two guys and how you. You know, tell the story you tell with the falls and submissions and uh, doing a good finish. And like you mentioned here, Josh Alexander and TJP, both very talented guys. I think this is, you know, the right two guys to do it with. Uh, Josh Alexander has been looking great in this X Division run. I'm glad to see him, you know, getting a push and getting some shine after mm-hmm. um, all ego. Ethan Page went to uh, AEW. And yeah, a very interesting strategy what they're doing here with putting it before the impact and kind of having the ending of the match be the thing that opens up impact um I'm, I'm guessing you watch before is that on impact plus is before the impact on no it's actually on access tv so okay it's it's actually on their live programming before i've never tuned into it before the impact um but i'm i'm gonna tune in next week um especially since my my beer league hockey team lost our playoff game and i don't have to play hockey next week so i have some, some time freedom <laughs> you know sucks to lose but hey but i get to watch a great wrestling match hopefully uh because of it um but yeah it's it's interesting to throw that on there um but part of it is because they did announce that it is going to be kind of a uh like a, a knockouts kind of special edition uh of impact next week um mm-hmm. so i'm interested to see kind of what they do with that uh but that's why I, I think they put this on before the impact uh it's i mean it's a bold move we'll see if it pays off <laughs> yeah i think definitely you know if you really want to get people tuning into that before the impacts i know i've seen matches advertised for that i'm just like okay i don't know what that's on that's a good way to kind of bring awareness of that if people tuned in early especially if you're on twitch you can just hop on twitch and tune in early and uh, check that out yeah absolutely and, and they've been using a lot of like you know more enhancement talent uh matches on there uh, explosion obviously is is on impact plus uh that you can definitely tune in for those as well you see guys uh you know that are coming from like uh, brian myers wrestling school um and then you can see uh, other guys like sam beal are getting a lot of reps uh so it's nice to see you know them them kind of opening up a little bit more as we kind of get towards the end of the the pandemic here hopefully fingers crossed that nothing else happens um yeah. But no, real, real quick, you, you mentioned Explosion. If any of uh, the eight listeners have Impact Plus subscriptions, there's a lot of hidden gems on old Explosion episodes. You have guys like Nakamura and Tanahashi and some you know, New Japan guys. Yeah. Just, um, just having random matches on Explosion is real good stuff. I think you probably find some Okada stuff even there, too. Yeah, yeah, Okada, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, 
yeah, young Okada is, is not necessarily uh, the best version of him, uh, but <laughs> still looks, you know, still awesome to, to see those guys uh, um, kind of over here. And, and, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a little bit of a uh, uh, chat here at the end uh, of this episode, Jeremy, about kind of what's going on with new Japan pro wrestling. Um, some of the latest rumors and um, uh, just touch on them real quick. Cause they kind of you know, really bubbled up today. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll come back to, to that at the end uh, uh, as we kind of uh, move our way through uh, this episode of impact. Uh, the next match on the card kind of is a preview to that um, knockout special edition um, episode that they're going to be kind of throwing out there. So we actually have a, a 10 man tag team match here uh, between Havoc, Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellering, Rosemary, and Sunil Dashwood against the team of Fire and Flavor, which of course is Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles, Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. Um, I don't have too too much to say about this one, Jeremy. What were your kind of thoughts uh, as you saw these these ten ladies uh, kind of mix it up a little bit? Yeah, it's a good match. I, I know that. Uh... Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace have they've been feuding with uh, Fire and Flavor, so I figured that kind of kind of part of the, the main story here and kind of continuing that feud. And then it seems like they are setting Rosemary up to to be the next contender. She ended up pinning uh, Diana Perrazzo in this match, but I mean, all ten ladies here are really talented. I'm I'm also um, kind of a low key fan of Jessica Havoc. Um, I've seen some of her indie stuff. Uh, saw her live in Chicago for uh, AAW during um, all in weekend. And I think she's uh, pretty good. And I don't think she's ever won the, the knockouts championship. And I think she, you know, she's also, you know, not your cookie cutter, you know, knockout, uh, you know, build or whatever. And yeah. totally style totally unique. Um, I definitely think she's uh, somebody you should, should get behind more and do some more stuff with. Yeah. I'd like to see that too. And I, and I think, I, and I, I'm, I might be wrong on this, but I think she actually did beat Gail Kim uh a few years ago to take the knockouts championship she has okay. one title reign and i believe it was a brief one uh but yeah you're right so i mean we do have uh rosemary doing the kind of wing clipper uh finisher on uh diana Perrazzo and getting the pin and that did actually they officially made the match for against all odds uh rosemary will challenge for the knockouts championship uh on june 12th so we still have another impact before we get to a preview for that card, uh, but it's already shaping up to be pretty good. If you got Rosemary and Diana Peraza already confirmed and you have, of course, Moose versus Kenny Omega uh, already confirmed uh, for that main event, uh, which I think is a match that everyone's dying to see because we, I think most of us, even on our group chat, I kind of hoped for Moose the first Kenny Omega singles match and Rich Swan obviously delivered a great match, uh, but I, I, Personally, I'm I'm ready to see that Moose match, uh, very much so. <laughs> yeah, man, Moose is he's in incredible shape, the best shape that he's been in, and yeah, we'll talk about the main event, but yeah, he's definitely kind of at the, the, the peak of his game right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, one thing we get to uh, before we talk about the next match, uh, I want to take a step back and talk about. There's a backstage segment with uh, Debbie Morrissey, uh, formerly known, of course, as Big Cass. Um, he has a an excellent backstage promo um and you could tell i mean there was a lot of real stuff like this was very much um in character but it was coming from big Cass himself you know from w morrissey himself uh really dug in deep and I, you know i i it was funny before the show i i said to you i was like that's the first one i've heard in a long time and you're like 
uh, probably ever. And I, and I agree. Like that was the best one he's ever done. Yeah. And that was a great promo. You know, they, all, they always say, you know, the best stuff in pro wrestling is when you kind of mix reality, you kind of blur the lines. And so that's what we got here. He used a lot of, you know, real life situations, a lot of struggles that he's been through just kind of blend that with this, this new heel character he's doing here in impact, you know, mentioning, you know, nobody caring about him when he had a seizure and people, you know, taking video of it instead of calling an ambulance and, you know, everybody kind of laughing at him and not wanting to be his friend when he's, you know, hitting rock bottom. And now that he's, you know, doing well, he's in great shape and he's kind of back you know, on his way to the top. Everybody wants to, you know, be buddy, buddy and smile with him. And he's not down with that. So I think the promo definitely came from probably a real spot that he's in. I'm sure he has had people kind of, you know, Oh, I see you're doing good. What's the, what's going on kind of thing. And so using that real life experience, kind of blurring the lines, mixing reality um, with the storyline. And so, yeah, I thought it was a great promo. Yeah, and there was a line that he mentioned too, like about how uh, there was um, people in the locker room that he was in previously that are there now. So, I mean, and, and you know, guys like Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, um, Brian O might have still been there at the time when all that was going down. So, these people, he knows these people, and he's kind of calling them out a little bit too in that promo. So, I'm interested to see kind of where he progresses, if he sticks with impact long term, what that if he uses it maybe even as a stepping stone to get, you know, to AEW or to, you know, back to WWE, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't rule that out either. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is proof that he didn't need a mouthpiece. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that, man. Uh, you know, they it stuck him with Enzo and with WWE and kind of, we thought, oh, maybe he couldn't talk. And that's the reason why he was with Enzo. But yeah, it clearly proved that he has what it takes to speak for himself, cut a promo for himself. And yeah, it, I think they got something here with this, uh, you know, this new kind of uh, image of W. Morrissey and this new gimmick and new direction. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of see, you know, what the future holds for him here and him back. Yeah, me too. And uh, we also have another segment to speak of before we get to the next match. I I mentioned there's it was a pretty interesting uh, night of impact. Only four matches on the card. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, promo segments, a lot of setting up for against all odds. Um, and the next thing also did uh, Eric Young and uh, Violent by Design come out to the ring. Eric Young gives a pretty good promo uh, talking about how everything that's happened is by design, uh, by, you know, waiting until Finn Juice was, you know, kind of down and out after their match at Under Siege to use the uh, call your shot challenge, uh, you know, it was by design. He kept on ending everything with by design because of course, you know, if you're violent by design, everything else must be by design as well. Right. Um, and then he, uh, he starts to uh, say somebody else and he's interrupted uh, by one of your favorites, Jeremy. Uh, can you speak to, before we get kind of into the rest of the segment, uh, your favorite, your fandom of uh, Kojima? Yeah, so yeah, I was very excited. I'll see with the, you know, the big announcement of uh, Satoshi Kojima coming to Impact this week. And I've been a Kojima, Kojima fan for a while now. And I first saw Kojima, I want to say somewhere in like the early 2000s, he showed up here in the States for uh, the original um, MLW and they were doing their MLW underground TV tapings. And you had guys like uh, CM Punk and Raven and... Um, the Extreme Horseman with Steve Carino, you had a kind of a wild mix of like, because ECW had just kind of ended around that time. And so you had some ECW guys come jumping in there. You had some indie standouts in there. And Kojima was one of the guys that MLW brought over. He was the MLW champion for a little bit. And that's the first time I saw Kojima and thought he was awesome. And then 
obviously, as I uh, started diving in into New Japan, kind of, you know, my love for Kojima kind of resurfaced and kind of saw what he was doing in New Japan and just kind of rediscovered all, all that he was doing when he left MLW. And so, yeah, I always been a big fan of Kojima, lo- loved the, the big lariat. And so, yeah, always one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I, he's been one that I've really enjoyed. Uh, my my viewership of New Japan is not as expansive uh, as expensive as yours, uh, but whenever I can see uh, Kojima wrestle, it's always a good time. Um, and he comes out to the ring, and uh, Josh Matthews was quick to point out, and it's nice to hear Josh Matthews back. Uh, it's filling in for Matt Stryker this week, by the way. Um, he points out quickly that uh, Joe Doring, who of course is a part of Violent by Design, and Kojima go way back to old Japan, uh, which you know. Uh, I believe Kojima was a champion. Yeah, uh, and he was the, and so was Joe Doring. Yeah, so um, Kojima was the uh, the Triple Crown champion when they wrestled. I think that was like around 2010. Yeah, he defended the Triple Crown championship against Joe Doring, and then yeah, later on Joe Doring would eventually become Triple Crown champion in his time in All Japan. So yeah, these guys got some history. We're gonna see some an All Japan uh, style clash up here with these guys. Yeah. So, and that, and, and that's the next excellent, uh, you know, point here is that uh, all Kojima says is against all odds or, uh, and uh, it's, um, it's going to be an awesome show. Awesome match. Like we have Kenny and Moose on there. We have Deanna and Rosemary. Uh, and now we have Kojima versus Joe Doring, uh, which promises to be uh for me, I, it, it's going to be a heavy hitter. Like, Yeah, it's definitely going to be that Haas matchup. And I think that's oh, a yeah. thing that you don't always get an impact because normally impacts traditionally a small man promotion. You get mm-hmm. a lot of high flying, the, the quote unquote X division style. And so I think, yeah, you bring in Kojima, you have him face off of another Haas like Joe Doring. You're going to get that that never style, that King's Road style, hard hitting. These guys are probably going to be, you know, dropping each other on, on their heads and a lot of chops, a lot of strikes. And so, It'll, it'll probably be like a, a quick little 10 minute match, but it'll be very hard hitting, very snug. And it'll, it'll be a style, especially as Kojima, you know, he's in, he's 50 right now, you know, but he can still go, but that, that'll be kind of a style that will lend to him. Yeah. And, and you bring up him being 50 and, and uh, you know, impact has another wrestler that's 50 years old on the roster. And I'm speaking of course of my best friend, Tommy dreamer, uh, <laughs> who sent me a message once on Twitter. Uh, there was an awesome picture. They took backstage uh, hanging out together. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know like Kojima is definitely a guy that's respected uh, industry wide around the world. So really excited to see him in the impact zone for against all odds, taking on Joe Doring. Uh, after this promo, we get uh, finally to our third match of the night, uh, which was the tag team of Black Taurus and Crazy Steve. That is, uh, of course, DK taking on Hernandez and Johnny Swinger a tag team that you uh, never necessarily asked for, uh, <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, this was a, a pretty quick one. Uh, Crazy Steve and Black Taurus are, are, are Taurus or Taurus. I don't know. Everyone says it differently on that show. I don't really. Yeah, yeah. From, from my understanding, it's Black Taurus. Taurus, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I've been a big fan of, of Black Taurus. You know, he's one of these indie guys that kind of made a, a name for himself here in the States doing a lot of uh, indie stuff uh, coming over and um, kind of, you know, with a guy like Black Taurus, it's kind of weird that they stuck him with Crazy Steve and they're doing the, the cave thing with them. I would think he's somebody with that kind of luchador style. You might want to kind of push in the singles, maybe be exhibition champion, uh, maybe an occasional even world uh, title challenger. So kind of very weird that he's kind of stuck in a, a, a team here with Crazy Steve. 
Yeah, I mean, Decay is such a weird faction too because it, like, you can't like you can't ever pin their motives. They don't really, but I think that's kind of the point is that they don't have to point their motives out because oh, they're crazy, right? <laughs> so right, yeah. you know they don't have to write anything for them because it, being listless is kind of what they are. Um, but I would say this like probably like six months ago, Crazy Steve came out like shredded and like ready to go and he's been putting in good work um i'm not crazy about his no no pun intended about his character uh, <laughs> yeah. too, too much um but I, I he's definitely gotten much better in ring and you know i, I think putting him with someone like black taurus uh helps kind of give him a rub so i'm not really to, to pull the plug on on that team um i'd like to see them do something a little bit more eventful than just you know wrestling hernandez and johnny swinger yeah, and I found the team of, of Swinger and Hernandez kind of weird. Um, I've always been a fan of Hernandez back in the early days, the LAX days, where he was teaming with Homicide, and they had that run going. Yeah. So it's so kind of weird here to see him, yeah, teaming up with uh, Johnny Swinger and the whole Swinger's Palace gimmick they got going on. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've kind of buried Swinger's Palace previously on this show, and, and um, I'm not going to change that stance uh, after this week's episode either. I, I think I just don't. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always applaud Impact for trying something new. They're always trying to find a new presentation maybe you haven't seen in, in professional wrestling. Um, but a lot of times that's because, well, it's not used because it shouldn't be. So Right. <laughs> yeah, John, Johnny Swinger, one of those cases of uh, an, an old who should not be on top. Yes, yes. And speaking of old on top, I'll use this uh, opportunity to tell you to head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash social suplex and check out the new Olds on Top t-shirt. Uh, really good t-shirt. And of course, uh, while you're there, why don't you pick up a shirt from all your favorite podcasts, well, such as 8-Bit Suplex and Keeping It Strong Style. Yeah, you know, there's the uh, Memorial Day uh, sale going on right now. Use that code Memorial. You can get 20% off of that. And you'll come pretty damn close to getting free shipping if you just buy one shirt from each of the podcasts, plus the Olds on Top shirt. You'll be real close to that free shipping. Yeah, you know, and then just at 150 real quick. Yeah, exactly. And then you just throw in maybe a micro baller or two, and there you are. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I love pro wrestling tees, but man, the amount of text messages I get about micro brawlers on a weekly basis. Dude, I get the text, <laughs> the email, the, the app notification. I got to say that they're on it with the marketing, man. They're definitely pushing hard. Uh, and uh, speaking of pushing hard, uh, we got uh, the main event match to talk about here between the good brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, taking on the uh, kind of mismatched team of Moose and Sammy Callahan. Uh, you know, I four good wrestlers. Uh, you know, Sammy Callahan is someone that I'm higher on probably than most uh, from an in-ring perspective. But what do you think about this match, Jeremy? I thought it was a good main event here. Um, you know, I have not been the biggest Sammy Callahan fan. I've seen Sammy and Ring of Honor, I've seen him in NXT, um, you know, seen him all over the place, and he's he just never has, has hooked me, never been a fan of the promos, the wrestling style, and definitely got personal heat with him uh, from WrestleMania weekend in New York for the the Pancakes and Piledriver show, where mm. we're supposed to get pancakes, there were no pancakes, and <laughs> yeah, so, not, not yeah, the biggest Just pile drivers. <laughs> just pile drivers don't go down as well without the pancakes there. Yeah, th that is the, the only wrestling show that I've actually walked out of that, that I, I've wow. paid for. Um, and we've like, been no, to some stinkers together, my friend. Yeah, and like no pancakes. <laughs> and then the show was just kind of meh the first like match or so. I'm like, you know what? 
let's explore New York for a little bit. Let's get out of here. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I thought he looked fine here in this match. Uh, the real, obviously, the standout here for me is Moose. Um, like we were talking about earlier, Moose, he, he shredded incredible shape. Um, he's a guy who looks like he's, you know, ready for a world title match. Very athletic, you know, did a couple springboard moves in this match here. Um, and, and the story they're telling here, it's, you know, the kind of the, you know, the two guys who don't get along kind of story one-on-one, like, can they coexist? You know, the big story there. And so like could Moose and Sammy Callahan coexist? And they, they kind of were for the majority of the match until the end there where um, Sammy gets pissed off at Moose, hits him with the bicycle kick what sets up for Sammy's end. He gets hit with the uh, the magic killer. Moose just kind of watches him get taken out, and then he comes back in and kind of lays Moose or lays uh, Callahan out with the big spear. So nice little segment to uh, kind of continue a feud with Good Brothers and maybe Sammy Callahan, and then just kind of get Moose ready to uh, face off against Kenny at the Against All Odds show. Yeah, and, and I don't know that I can think of a more – mismatched pair to run that story of can they get along or can't they <laughs> then moose and sammy callahan <laughs> right it's it's a very striking you know you got like the six foot nine x nfl player and then you got you know the guy that wears the battle vest and and uh you know tries to do hardcore matches with everything it's very it's you know there's no similarities between them at all and i think a lot of times in wrestling you see uh you know they'll do two guys that are similar and that's why they can't coexist you know they they're too much like each other and they just, you know, this and that. And then, then you're like, uh, let's just run that with Moose and Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Complete polar opposites. No reason why these guys should be uh, coexisting. Uh, but I thought they did a good job setting up with the, with the opening promo angle and yeah. the good brothers trying to make it seem like, you know, Moose was on their side the whole time. And I thought it worked out here and I'm interested to see kind of where they're going as far as like with the good brothers and Sammy Callahan part of the story you know, I know it's been a while. You know, there's no OVE, so I'm not sure who else uh, Sammy would be really teaming up with to take on the Good Brothers. Yeah, I mean, so the the built-in can they get along to, uh, you know, take on the Good Brothers story is Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, who have been feuding for the better part of you know the past you know 30 years. It feels like. <laughs> yeah. So you know, <laughs> there's your there's your built-in kind of will they won't they kind of thing um so you know i it's it's interesting right because they're gonna i mean the good brothers are gonna be on this card um we only have three matches announced for the card so far so you know a lot can change with next week's impact uh you know i think we actually have we have two more impacts uh before against a lot so uh we'll definitely get into uh what that card looks like um kind of uh you know as as the weeks go on here but i imagine you know it's shaping up to be a good card you know you you got you know kenny against moose for the 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 impact title you're gonna have kojima and joe doring you're gonna have the diana peraza and rosemary match and i'm sure there'll be an exhibition title offense you'll have a tag title offense so for it just being an impact plus special it's shaping up to be a pretty good show yeah which is strange because you would think that this would be like if you told me those three matches were what we're gonna run on Slammiversary, I'd be like, great, yeah, yeah. like sign me up, I'll buy the I mean, pay per view. Like- I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that Kenny's defending the title on Impact Plus Special. It seems like they were saving um, him coming in and doing title matches for their their pay per view event. So, but I think it's cool, you know, get some subscriptions. Everybody, you know, Kenny Omega, he everybody wants to watch Kenny no matter what promotion he's wrestling at the time. So, 
Um, using Kenny to you know help drive up Impact Plus subscriptions is a good idea there. And yeah, that, that match with Moose should be really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, with that, that kind of wraps up the uh, the episode of Impact uh, for this week. Like I said uh, at the top, not a whole lot to talk about here, but we definitely wanted to make sure we called out, you know, some of those key backstage moments. Um, so we're, we're talking about, you know, a, a Kojima match uh, at against all odds. We've had Finn Juice as the tag team champions. Um, we've had uh, El Fantasmo uh, compete for the exhibition title. A um, lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling guys trying to find work elsewhere, obviously, while things are kind of in turmoil with New Japan right now. Uh, and, and today, even more of that has kind of come out. So what are you kind of hearing, Jeremy, about kind of what the state of New Japan Pro Wrestling is? Is there as much uh, unrest as being reported, do you think? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, what are you hearing? What are you thinking? Yeah, so there definitely seems to be some, you know, unrest with the roster, some un- unhappiness with management, a lot of miscommunications of, you know, shows being canceled, people having to stay, people getting COVID, and um, there's, there's a lot going on right now in Japan and with just how they've been handling COVID, the lack of vaccine rollout. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of definitely a little bit of, you know, people on edge, um, especially the foreign guys who, you know, they want to go back home. And whenever they come back, they have to quarantine for two weeks. Some guys are uh, having to quarantine at the dojo in government hotels, not, you know, the best situation. So, yeah, things are a little bit up in flux there. And then, you know, the news broke today with a potential partnership, or at least, you know, Nick Khan um, from WWE has been talking with New Japan to make them the exclusive North American partner. And also, you know, back in the old days, you know, WWE and New Japan used to have working relationship. Um, so that's nothing new there. And, you know, also, I, th- I think it's just a kind of a keep away game. I'll see. I think Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is kind of the, the key kind of piece here. You know, he's been saying he wants to work for New Japan, but also work for WWE at the same time. And I'll see that's not really a, a thing that can happen right now with the way uh, things are laid out. And so it seems like, you know, Nick Connie's been making a lot of big moves. Um, also, you know, getting the networks told to Peacock and, you know, just trimming down the company and some of the, the office people. And so, I'm sure that being the business guy he is, he's trying to see if there's a way that they can keep Daniel Bryan, um, work with New Japan and keep Daniel Bryan away from AEW. Um, now, as far as would, would New Japan actually do that, uh, I, have, I have a hard time believing that they would get back in bed with WWE, um, especially since, you know, the report said that conversation was a few months ago. And since then, we've kind of seen New Japan, they've been sending guys to Impact. They have been sending guys to AEW. We saw... Uh, Nagata on Dynamite. We saw Narita and Rocky Romero on Elevation. And then you, you mentioned Impact. We're seeing ELP. We're seeing Kojima. We're seeing um, Finju. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing these. We're seeing New Japan work with all these guys in the states. Also, besides that, to be and the weirdest thing to me that nobody is really talking about is not much interaction with their current actual North American partner, Ring of Honor. Uh, the only guys that have really worked Ring of Honor in the last year have been Rocky Romero and David Finley. Um, so kind of curious there why no New Japan guys are working for Ring of Honor. But uh, I did see, I think Tommy Dreamer was the one, might have been, or somebody high up in Impact said that we're going to see more New Japan guys in Impact. So if that makes me think that, I don't think New Japan is going to have any plans to you know, start a partnership with WWE anytime soon. I think they're going to uh, continue to work with Impact and maybe AEW. And I think it's pretty big that they're working with Impact because 
for years now. They, they've hated impact just because of how they handled young lions that they sent there on excursion. You know, they sent guys like Kazuchika Okada over there for excursion, uh, barely got used when he did get used. He was in, in a kind of a goofy sidekick gimmick with Samoa Joe. Um, you know, they would send over, their, you know, uh, Nakamura was IWGP champion when they sent him over and he was wrestling on explosion. Um, and so impact last TNA just never had a good history of using new Japan talent. They were sent, and from that day on, you know, New Japan's hated Impact, even sure. with a management, a management change. And it's taken them till now to finally, you know, be open to working with Impact again. And so I think that's a, a big thing. And so, you know, definitely we'll, we'll keep our ears and eyes open for any developing news on kind of what's going on with uh, New Japan's North American partnerships and what they got going on there. But as of right now, I think it's just kind of, I do think the conversation happened between Nikon and New Japan. I don't think that they're going to move forward, but yeah, there are things that happened. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely uh, make sure you're subscribed uh, or follow, uh, follow the new terminology to uh, keeping it strong style and make sure you, uh, you follow along with uh, Jeremy and Josh. Number one is a, uh, you know, kind of keep everyone up to date on that. Um, and one thing that you, that you said that struck me is, you know, the repaired relationship, so to speak of impact and new Japan pro wrestling, do you attribute that to the involvement of Don Callis uh, with Impact? Yeah, I would think Don Callis has a big part to play with that. So, you know, Don was doing the the commentary for New Japan for a while there and then until, you know, it was recommended by Chris Jericho for him to, to be an executive for Impact. And so he tried to do some commentary and run both, but it didn't quite work out. He did a couple of big shows, but he's mainly been focused on Impact. And so I think also having that familiar familiarity in that relationship with Don Callis definitely you know open that quote-unquote forbidden door uh for new right. japan to work with impact yeah no it, it's it's certainly been interesting and it's been a lot of fun to watch and then there's also kind of you know those rumors about you know is don Callis still actually an evp at at impact or is he get what is he you can what i've learned from from watching anything related to don Callis is, is that nobody really knows what <laughs> He's really up right. to. He's he's the Carney's Carney, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. Don, I, Don Callis is, is the <laughs> ultimate Carney. He knows how to finesse. He knows how to you know make the best of any situation. I know we actually you know me and Rich we ran Don Callis in New Orleans and uh, shared an elevator for him. And you know we, we were trying to pop in with you know some of the lines he would say on his podcast and totally no sold us. Wasn't paying attention to us or whatever. So you know that's the kind of guy he is. He, he's the ultimate worker. He knows kind of you know how to read the room. He knows how to control people. How to manipulate and i think his on-screen character is very similar to probably how he how he is in real life yeah i get <laughs> i get that vibe uh as well um but yeah you, you know you mentioned his commentary work and that's why uh you know when we did our uh, social suplex podcast uh network draft uh part of uh part of what we had to do was draft commentators uh and so you know for those that haven't caught that yet i'll give you a sneak peek i drafted uh you know don Callis as my color commentator um, but yeah, if you haven't heard that, uh, definitely go to the network feed. If you're listening on to the, uh, to the show on, on the network feed, uh, do a little scroll up, go find part one of our fantasy draft, uh, kind of, uh, pick by pick breakdown, uh, 24 wrestler slash team, uh, uh, 10 match card fantasy. I, I mean, it's, it's, it was new to me. I, I had never experienced anything like this, uh, as far as wrestling goes, but if you like fantasy football and you watch like, you know, ESPN for like 10 hours a day, getting ready for your fantasy football draft, 
uh, spend a lot less time with us uh, and hear us uh, kind of jab our kind of uh, gab on about uh, our picks and things like that. But uh, I had a lot of fun with it this year, Jeremy. Yeah, dude, the draft was a lot of fun this year. The the most competitive uh, social suplex draft we've done. Uh, everybody came to play, man. It was very intense. You know, normally we're, we're laughing, you know, cracking jokes as people are making their picks. But there's a lot of times where it was dead silence. People are, you know, researching and looking through, through rosters, who's going to get drafted. And overall, I think um, each team did a, an excellent job. Uh, putting together rosters um, and I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing what everybody's you know fancy cards are going to be yeah and and uh, part two uh, will be coming out uh, in the next week um, and I, I'll tell you this much uh, for part one uh, Jeremy you did a uh, a Herculean task of editing uh, some of that dead air out <laughs> <laughs> because like Jeremy said like there the, sure there's there's good jokes there's good laughs there's I mean it's entertaining audio that that we uh, we put out there uh, but with that, there was a lot of dead space, a lot of people coming off of mute from other conversations and talking over people. Right. It, it was always <laughs> the best because like Rich and James were on mute, like having a side conversation, like, you know, coming with their strategy. And then like we'd be having a conversation. They just kind of jump in like, all right, we're, you know, we're making our thing. <laughs> so we're not listening to, to what's going on. Yeah, it, definitely a fun episode. Like Josh said, you can go on to the Social Suit Blacks podcast network feed check out the draft episode here, all the teams, all the rosters that we've drafted. And then sometime next week, we'll drop that episode or each team. They're going to reveal uh, their fancy cards. Josh, number one and I, we, we got ours done last night. Um, and so, yeah, we have our fancy card all set. Josh, I know you have yeah. your card set. So yeah, looking forward to putting that together and just hearing the, the type of cards that everybody has come out for. And then um, we'll have instructions on how you guys can vote. Uh, for your favorite show when we drop that. Yeah, and if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance that this is your favorite show by default because I think there's only seven of you. So, <laughs> um, no, I kid, of course. Uh, you know, we, we do we do all right as far as downloads go. But, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, look for that. Uh, Jeremy, thanks as always for coming on. Uh, you were on our very first episode. I think uh, we've, we've gotten a little bit uh, more streamlined here, a little bit more organized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that first episode went uh, like three and a half hours or something crazy. <laughs> we were trying to yeah. cover too much stuff, and yeah, you, know. you pulled it. You pulled a keeping a strong style there. Yeah, yeah, and and I decided, uh, especially in recent months, just how uh, busy things have gotten. That that uh, a nice crisp one hour listen uh, might might do the ticket for us. Um, <laughs> and, and we'll, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, there might be some uh, game reviews coming out, uh, either in written form or maybe just in a quick podcast form, like little quick hitters. Uh, I wouldn't imagine that if it was a podcast forum that I'd be doing a video game review uh, longer than 10 minutes. Um, other than, unless someone came on to talk, uh, talk shop as well. Uh, Cause then, you know, who knows what happens where the conversation leads. Um, yeah. But Jeremy, before we get out of here, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, throw out all your plugs? Yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L Donovan. You can follow keeping it strong style at KI strong style. You can follow, uh, Social Suplex at Social Suplex. You can check out socialsuplex.com. All the podcasts are uploaded there. Uh, every once in a while, there'll be some columns up there as well. Um, check out the Pearls and Tees, pearlsandtees.com slash Social Suplex. We talked about it earlier. Memorial sales going on right now. Grab a Social Suplex shirt, keeping a strong style, 8-bit, One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive, and then, of course, the Olds on top T-shirt. And, yeah, be on the lookout for the, the second part of the draft. Uh, next week and then a new episode of keeping a strong style 
uh, dropping late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. I'm sure we'll be talking some more about this WWE New Japan news, uh, latest updates on Will Ospreay and all that good stuff. Excellent. And since you did all that, uh, you know, t-shirt salesman stuff uh, that I normally have to do, I'll do the easy <laughs> part and just say, follow us at 8 Suplex on Twitter, or you can follow me at Laughlin underscore Josh. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's this week's show. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week as we break down uh, next week's impact uh, wrestling. And uh, maybe we'll have a few more matches to preview from uh, uh, against all odds coming up. And then, uh, you know, we'll be back uh, in action too, I'm sure with another Omega watch. Uh, so, but until then uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, and uh, that's it. All right. Later. Peace. Thank you for listening to eight bucks suplex podcast. See you next time.